0: My name is Sarah Sloan, and you're listening to The Sarah Sloan Show. Hope you guys are doing well today, tomorrow, and forever. I'm joined here with my father, and we'll discuss what's going on, because there's always stuff going on. I always hate when people ask me, like, what's up? I'm like, oh, you know, things aren't going too well in my life having some struggles lately you know it's like what are you supposed to say so then you always just say good but that could be a lie as well but then if you don't say good then it causes further discussion and then i always hate when people say what's up and then you say the sky. that's annoying too because it's a very smart alecky comment so yeah. speaking
1: of which joe biden doesn't like smart alecks either
0: hey don't be a wise guy <laughs> you're right um okay so first uh first story Beto O'Rourke, obviously running for governor against Abbott, Mm -hmm. and then Abbott's running against all these other Republicans, Uh, but Beto O'Rourke is pretty famous himself, and uh, he made some comments about guns in the past, and now he's kind of backtracking, so here's a short clip about that.
2: Well, Texas hasn't had a Democrat governor since 1995, and former Congressman Beto O'Rourke is trying to snap that losing streak, and he's softening his tone on guns after a controversial viral moment when he was running for president during the Democrat primaries in 2019.
3: Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against a fellow Americans anymore.
2: But while campaigning in Tyler, Texas earlier this week, O'Rourke says if elected governor, he wouldn't take away those guns.
3: I'm not interested in taking anything from anyone. What I want to make sure that we do is defend the Second Amendment. I want to make sure that we protect our fellow Texans far better than we're doing right now.
2: But shortly after announcing his run for governor, O'Rourke doubled down on the pledge he made during the Democratic presidential primary debate.
3: Yes, I still hold this view, but I also have been listening to my my fellow Texans who are concerned about this idea of permitless carry that Greg Abbott has signed into law.
2: And O'Rourke is accusing Governor Abbott of not listening to law enforcement. Now, Governor Abbott is facing a primary challenge from a number of candidates, including former Congressman Alan West. But a university of texas poll shows that in a head-to-head matchup abbott would beat o'rourke handily and that o'rourke's favorability rating is at just 35 percent. but for second amendment enthusiasts o'rourke's comments will be difficult to forget back to you
0: yeah pretty interesting how he's kind of talking Talk, back
1: talking out of both sides of his mouth
0: yeah yeah it's true really because mm-hmm. you heard him say one thing then he says the other mm-hmm. and he did it in tyler texas <laughs> So that was at least kind of cool. I didn't see him anywhere around. Yeah, 46% is what I see for Abbott, 37% for Mm -hmm. Mm O'Rourke. So uh, that's a pretty good lead. I don't have Abbott winning. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, 35% approve or see him as favorable. Sorry, this is just Beto. And then 50% unfavorable. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. typically you get elected because of high approval ratings and then it just continues to go down from there Mm -hmm. once you're in office. So if it's already starting out like this, yeah, he's just a liar. He, he literally said, I want to rip the guns out of your hands. Like Mm -hmm. he, he means that Mm -hmm. he's not kidding.
1: That's his heart. And it's interesting. You know, I think he started from kind of a high point when people don't know him as well. And you know, when he ran against, Ted Cruz and that was kind of a high point for him and I think since then uh it's been downhill and I wouldn't expect um him to win higher office it, you know it's always possible like a a representative in a certain district sure that could happen
0: because well, he, he already was one uh right. a US a house member mm. uh years past um but the the thing is you can't get away with that kind of talk in Texas. Mm-hmm. Go to New York and do it. You'll win. You'll mm-hmm. do very well over there. It's just like know your audience. Know mm-hmm. the state. And it's, it's just very clear. He doesn't know the people <laughs> of Texas. Right? How unaware can you be to say something like that uh, whenever you're running for president? And everybody hears it. It's on the mainstream news. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to pretend now that you didn't say that? We don't, you know, they always say elephants never forget. Well, we don't either.
1: Texans don't either. <laughs> and we're big too.
0: Yeah, just as big, if not bigger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, that could go pretty well in Austin and San Antonio and certain parts yeah. of Texas. But unfortunately, when you run for um, president or governor or senator, you you have to win the whole state. Yeah. Everybody's voting for you in those. And yeah, you better watch what you say.
0: Mm hmm. True that. Um, for the russia story we know that there's a possibility of russia invading the ukraine there's all kinds of things on this uh all, all different things being said um i think that things were getting tense at some point biden said that he wanted to speak with uh putin and even kind of tried to rush for it like please please speak with us which makes us look weak mm-hmm. um so uh, this is a Newsmax, and they're talking to Gordon Chang. And so he was the author of a book called The Coming Collapse of China. So he obviously knows what he's talking about. But let's listen to, to what he had to say.
3: This. Yeah. So remember in 2019, though, that then candidate Joe Biden, he was former vice president at the time. He said this about Putin.
4: Because Putin knows if I am president of the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully, just like the president. And I know he doesn't want me to be president, but to tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change.
3: Oh, things changed, all right. Now, I mean, like, this is like the, going to the same thing. Remember the debate between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama? And Barack Obama was like, oh, Mitt, the 80s called, they want their foreign policy back. And it was a big joke, and everybody laughed at Mitt Romney because Obama was supposed to be the cool guy. Turns out, was he right?
4: Well, he was right that Russia was a major threat. I mean, I would have said China is more important and and certainly a bigger threat than Russia, but that's just a quibble. The point here with Biden's comments in 2019 is that obviously Putin doesn't respect him Mm -hmm. because we didn't have this type of crisis during the Trump era. You know, whatever people say about Trump's relationship with Putin, at least Trump kept the peace. And clearly Biden is not doing that because Putin could very well invade. You know, I tend to think that he's bluffing, but I don't know. And clearly, Putin wouldn't be doing this if he actually respected American power.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, real quick, Xi Jinping—he's watching this. His—he's drooling over this. Russia. Let's say Russia rolls in to uh, Ukraine, takes out what biden called a minor incursion what does he do with taiwan at that point because the markets are really tipping on this one on commodities but if taiwan goes to china what what happens then
4: well then i think america's defense relationships around the world fall because taiwan is now considered to be the test of american credibility Mm -hmm. really what's happening here is putin has a lot of reasons not to invade But if he does, it really means a total breakdown in deterrence, which means that Xi Jinping will do something. Taiwan, Japan, the Philippines, India, I don't know, but it will be something.
3: Yeah. And that's the the crazy thing. So Ukrainian President Zelensky said this today about the crisis. Take a listen real quick. And the truth that we have different information and now the best friend for enemies that is panic in our country. And all this information that helps only for panic doesn't help us. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, this guy's keeping pretty cool. He was I think he was a, like a stand up comedian or an actor prior to being president. So he has the stage charisma to to, to kind of do this. Is he telling people to keep cool because he wants to you know, not church it up? Or is he actually, you know, is this actually something like, hey, guys, there's nothing to worry about here. We get these threats all the time.
4: I think Zelensky just wants to maintain calm, but I think that he's wrong in the assessment because Putin might actually do something. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I remember Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, has just given Putin the green light to invade because they announced that $117.5 billion of oil and gas deals on February 4th, which basically is backstopping the Russians to do whatever they want in Eastern Europe.
3: Yeah. I mean, it is crazy to me that we're sitting here literally talking about a potential ground invasion in, the, in, in a matter of 72 hours, potentially. And, you know, Zelensky's standing there saying, oh, you know, guys, it's really not that big a deal. So, Gordon Chang, I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate your insight on that.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, from what I'm understanding of this whole thing, uh, you look at Europe and you look at Russia and then the Soviet Union was broken up was it the nineties or yeah, around 90. Okay. Okay. Around 90. Um, Putin sees Ukraine as his, as part of his land. And it annoys him that they're seen as an independent country, right? Mm. As that they are seen as an independent country. Um, so he would like them and he would like to have them. And they're in neighboring countries. Like I think Belarus, they have troops in Belarus right now, Belarus, Belarus. Wow. That was embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> can't know everything. Sure. Uh, and then there was something else that, that I thought I heard too, but they're, they're getting close. Why would they go there in the first place? And then I think in prior episodes we had mentioned the, the, the red flag operation where mm. it's just trying to make it look like somebody did something to attack them. So then it gives them an excuse to attack, but mm. it's really all falsified, um, and it's really just giving them an excuse to attack in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's just, they don't want Ukraine to join NATO. Mm-hmm. And right. then there was also this agreement um, between the U.S., Russia, and I think a couple of other countries where they're not supposed to mess with Ukraine. Uh, mm-hmm. It was an agreement, I think, in 1994. And Crimea, mm-hmm. the annexation of Crimea, mm-hmm. and then what's happening right now is is breaking that agreement yeah violating it's violating so Mm -hmm. just because of that it kind of does make it seem like we should do something but then a lot of people are saying that we shouldn't do anything so it's just it's a it's a very kind of tough thing to navigate right now
1: yeah you know there's this whole thing about after Afghanistan, it seems like the United States is has become much more passive, unwilling to enter into any conflicts, unwilling to defend anything. And, yeah, so it just changes the balance of power, throws it out of whack. And, you know, that that's really contributing to some of this. And what makes it so clear is because under Trump it just wasn't that way. And just like Obama, Biden has chose chosen to weaken our military and he's taken steps for cuts and changes of policy that have certainly not helped us. And that seems to be part of the strategy, weaken us militarily. And that's not lost by other countries that are watching.
0: Very true. Obviously there's going to be more uh, to come on this in the future. Um, but I did want to go to this, uh, this obviously isn't like hot news or anything, but I think it's encouraging the daily wire, which is uh, the organization, a news organization that Ben Shapiro is a part of. I think he pretty much owns it, Mm. you know, something Mm -hmm. along those lines. Um, They are really trying to get into the culture as well. So they made their first movie and it's, it's a thriller. It's called shut in, but they're trying to make movies that, Are actually good (laughs) Mm, (laughs) you know mm. Uh, because i i hate to say it but a lot of times you see movies that um well he even said it this way jeremy boring he's he's kind of in charge of the daily wire as well and he says he said it's movies that you want to want to see and he said instead we're making movies that you want to see
5: Mm, mm -hmm. but
0: that don't have these messages that are just a gut punch because you watch you watch any Marvel movie right now, and it's just it's just a superhero movie, and they got something in there, mm. some kind of leftist agenda in there, and it's just like, oh boy, here we go again. Mm. Uh, I remember watching one of the Marvel shows that's come out recently, and they they have this uh, black guy in there, and the cops come up to him, you know, for no reason, and they're trying to get him in trouble over nothing. Mm. And it's just like you just roll your eyes because it's just like, come on, just stop. Uh, i'm not watching the news i'm watching mm. a show that's supposed to be entertaining um so you know it this kind of stuff takes a lot of money mm. um to to basically try to become a new hollywood which is what they they said their overall goal is um but i wanted to play a clip of of jeremy boring being interviewed um by eric bowling
5: out of the film it's you know you say it's not particularly right wing and i think that that's true I, I don't know the politics of the screenwriter Uh, But I don't imagine that she's a big Daily Wire subscriber, but that's not exactly what we're going for. We're not trying to make polemics. We think that one of the problems, as you talked about earlier, Andrew Breitbart, our mentor for Ben and I said that politics is downstream of the culture. And one of the problems when conservatives engage in the culture is it seems to be the one place we don't believe in a meritocracy. You know, as conservatives, we we believe that you should strive to be better and better and better in, in competition. Uh, and it should be the same with art so we want to make art that is truly art entertainment that is truly entertainment and we want our movies to be defined less by what they're about and more what they aren't about which is left-wing sucker punches and uh left-wing propaganda and left-wing agitation you know all the things that we all are subjected to every time we sit down and engage with film or television out of hollywood uh, at this point so i i think if we can make really competitive really artistic really entertaining fair that doesn't intrude on the values of conservatives that would be more valuable over time than trying to change the values of conservatives or treating our films like they're evangelical outreach to win people to conservatism
6: clearly clearly it's it's fantastic you know just i'm hoping beyond hope but the, the film does well because it looks intriguing it's thrilling um did you get pushback though i mean a lot of a lot of the hollywood and the, the film industry relies on unions the, the, i
5: mean i i guess some yep. people had to say did you have any problems with that You know, we didn't have any problems to speak of with this film. We made a very conscious decision with our follow-up film, which will be coming out this summer, Terror on the Prairie. You know, we made a deal with Gina Carano not long after Hollywood canceled her, after Disney canceled her from the hit show The Mandalorian. And Gina came to us and said, listen, you know, the unions have imposed all of these uh, very onerous COVID policies on crew who has to work on our movie. She said, I'm just not willing to subject people who are working for us, sticking their necks out to be associated with us. I'm not willing to subject them to those kinds of onerous restrictions. And we made a decision on that film not to. We made it completely outside of the Hollywood system so that we could you know, make sure that our crew was free.
6: Yeah, and, and, and so you have Gina Carano. I think it's fantastic. She's become a, a right, right-leaning darling, so to speak, on Twitter
5: and, and elsewhere. And when, you see, when you, you see her, her in out, this didn't... film, unbelievable, her performance.
6: Yeah, well, she's a great actress. She was a yeah. fantastic actress at Mandalorian, and Disney seemed to to cancel her because of a tweet, by the way, that they said was anti-Semitic. Meanwhile, best I know, Ben Shapiro, a good friend of mine, is Jewish, who <laughs> yeah, hired exactly. Gina Carano, right?
5: Yeah, Gina's so anti-Semitic that, you know, the most prominent uh, Orthodox Jew in America was anxious uh, and happy to get the chance to work with her. If she were really anti-Semitic, they wouldn't have canceled her. They would have just put her on two weeks probation.
6: <laughs> yeah exactly um final thought on the movie tonight what are you looking for what so what what will success yeah. feel like tomorrow by the way i'm gonna watch it tonight
5: yeah absolutely well you know for us right now at this early you know early in our entertainment venture success is going to be measured just in changing the narrative i know that when people hear the daily wire or any conservative company is going to get involved in entertainment they have very low expectations and we hope uh, that in watching the film tonight making the film freely available so it can have the largest audience possible that's part of our attempt to say this isn't what you expect it's you know we're making high quality entertainment engrossing entertainment the performance by rainy qualley in this film absolutely riveting dj caruso a genuine top-notch hollywood director who stepped in uh, and as i say took on one of the best scripts i've ever read so i think success will be that tomorrow people have to give us grudging respect uh, for the fact that we're serious <laughs> about this <laughs> entertainment venture right yeah and
0: jeremy boring uh he was a Christian conservative Mm. in Hollywood, trying to make it as an actor, trying to make it as a writer. And then eventually over time, he met up with Ben Shapiro and they dreamed up the idea of the Daily Wire. And they've had this subscription base uh, of getting people to pay every month to Mm. hear Mm. their news programs. And now they're trying to get into culture and I really respect it. Um, I will be very honest with you. I watched the trailer for Shut In. It looks like a very well done movie. I'm not saying it doesn't. It just looks very intense and scary. Mm-hmm. It's a thriller. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it looks like I would just be covering my eyes the whole time. So, I would not want to watch that movie. But they, you, you really, like a few nights ago, you could have watched it for free on YouTube. Then they mm-hmm. took it off. Mm-hmm. But they basically just said they want to give people the opportunity to see that, hey, this isn't like what you're used to where conservatives try to make a movie and it's just like super lame. Mm-hmm. They wanted to see mm-hmm. that, hey, you need to respect us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I just really am just so encouraged that they're doing this.
1: Hmm, That's interesting. You know, obviously there's a huge strategic financial decisions in that, you know, because they have a lot at stake. Um, and obviously they're not going to make a lot of money by putting it out there for free. So, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, it's obviously planting for the future and wanting to see this thing grow and develop. And so it'll be neat to see this first one and then the second one coming up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely um with this one with this shut-in script they said that uh it was like kind of on the blacklist which is a good thing in Hollywood the, the blacklist is like it means it's a highly sought after film mm. or script for mm. a film but they kept on wanting to change things about it like they uh the villain they wanted to make a dog because they didn't want a, something like they kept on changing stupid things to make it more like woke mm. and they said no let's just take this and make it just a good film but uh, he, he, Jeremy Bourne said that he's probably read over a hundred scripts in the last mm. year. And he said that this is like one of the top five that he's seen. Mm. So yeah, the other one, the one that Gina, Car- Car- Corinna, whatever, the mm. one that she's in, that one actually looks like something I would be interested in watching. Mm. Um, but yeah, props to them. I I really, really respect what they're doing. And, uh, yeah, it's just nice to see. So let's go to the verse. It's going to be Micah, uh, chapter six. Um, Verse 11, shall I count pure those with the wicked scales and with the bag of deceitful weights for her rich men are full of violence. Her inhabitants have spoken lies and their tongue is deceitful in their mouth. Yeah, so basically Israel is being unjust and Mm, and, mm -hmm. uh, unjust, sorry, and God is is definitely taking notice. And so, um, yeah, the scales, you know, you you if you weighed yourself on a scale and you knew that it was incorrect, you can't trust that scale, you know? So, right. uh, yeah, kind of just, they were living in a way of just being deceitful in everything that they were doing.
1: And, of course, it wasn't just to give you the wrong weight. It was to steal your money. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Uh, Money was pretty important then as it is now, and it's almost like your currency would be according to uh, what the weight said, and you could almost relate that to inflation (laughs) because our money doesn't weigh quite as much as it would otherwise.
0: Yeah, that's true. Let's bring it back full circle.
1: But anyway, obviously God is getting at the heart, as he always does, and how we live, how we uh, treat each other, and do we do what's right do we have a conscience do we live according to it
0: yeah and we should we mm-hmm. really should um but i hope you guys enjoyed listening today thank you for those of you that have listened to this point point. and you guys have a day that's great goodbye <laughs>